Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Season 3 of the Rugby Wrap. Great to have you with us as we kick off another year of Super Rugby. My name's Mick Collis and joining me as always, former Wallaby Mitch Hardy. And Mitch, good to have you back. Yes, good to be back in 2022, Mick. We've, we've uh, got through unscathed of the deep dive uh, off-season review that was undertaken on the Rugby Wrap, and we've all kept our jobs, so that was uh, a big plus. Even though Heath missed our season launch the other day at City Beach, uh, it was a bit disappointing, but, uh, you know, we're here, ready to go. And a man who spent the summer posting photos of his abs on Instagram, Western Force fan favourite, Heath Tessman and Tess. Yes, you did meet the, the big meeting. You missed the big meeting, but it's great to see you. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys only, I think you guys were six beers in when you decided to invite me. So it was, there's a reason for missing it. And me posting photos of my abs, that's just, I've been spending more of my time just photoshopping that. (laughs) Well, you're looking a million dollars anyway. So it's great to have you. (laughs) Well, Super Rugby kicks off this weekend with a new name, two new teams. But unfortunately for the Western Force, to quote a well known former West Coast Eagle player, it's deja vu all over again as the force find themselves locked away on the other side of the country. The man in charge of steering the ship through these turbulent waters once again is Tim Sampson, the coach of the Western Force, and he joins us now. And Tim, thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. Uh, it's always always enjoyable uh, coming on, Mick, and um, it's been a while since uh, we've seen your faces and yeah, looking forward to this one. Now, wh- where are you and, and how is the mood in the camp? So we're, we're in Brisbane. Um, very fortunate to be staying in a nice place. Uh, and I've, I've just come up uh, about 77 levels tonight to play cards with the other coaches. So I'm down on level two, but I've come up on level 79. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's at the Sky Tower in Brisbane, looking back towards the Gold Coast. So we're very fortunate. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Nice spot. Now, are you more disappointed or annoyed that you find yourself based on the East Coast? Yeah, mate, probably a bit of both, Mick. Um, uh, d- disappointed that, um, you know, having such a long build-up uh, in a pre-season period for the last few months and then uh, the news comes through pretty quickly that we have to uh, pack up and ship off again. Um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Uh, and I think the, the frustrating part and, um, is just we, we don't know that end date again when we can... Uh, travel back to the West and, and be around our loved ones and, and obviously play in front of uh, our, um, you know, our members and supporters, uh, our family, uh, our staff that are back at home and our sponsors. Because how, how tough is that, the, that, that unknown of how long you're going to be away? Like if, if it was the, you know, the 5th of April, for example, at least you've, you've got an end date in mind. So how mentally tough is it for everyone, that unknown? Is that yeah. the biggest challenge? It is, mate. Yeah, and uh, I think Heath can probably attest to this. Is when you're away and um, and you're in the grind, you're very focused on your day to day activities and, and training and whatnot. And when you do have downtime, oh, I think that's when it does uh, it does play on your mind with, with what's around the corner. And um, when we don't have um, partners, wives, or whatnot with us, uh, it it is it, it's it's bloody tough. Um, and a lot of questions uh, are asked, you know, from back home about what's going on, and we genuinely can't answer that. And that's yeah. uh, that that does, um, you know, all can impact the guys, no doubt, and that staff as well. Um, so it's tricky. Ed, the breakthrough finals appearance last year showed that the team can handle adversity. 
So as a situation you're in, is that is that basically just is it just parked? Now you just got to worry about the footy. Yeah, I think you can. Um, yeah, you can you can recap on that a little bit and the fact that that particular um, squad or that year we created our own little piece of history, which which was nice. But then then the hunger's there just to want more. Um, and I, I think yeah, with, with some new staff members in um, throughout the organisation and um, a new playing squad, there, there is a, a genuine um, that genuine hunger and belief that we can achieve more than what we did last year. You talk about the new players. How have the new guys settled in? Yeah, they've been outstanding, mate. Um, um, up front, Isaac Rod has been superb. Uh, he's, a, he's a natural leader. I like the way um, how he went about his business when he, when he first joined us. Uh, and he, he came in and just had that soft, slow approach initially. Um, and he just grew in uh, into that leadership space within the forward pack. Um, and he's training exceptionally well and, um, you know, he's loving life as well. He's really enjoying Perth and the club, which is a, a great start. Um, and then, uh, you know, see it's uh, getting those guys over from Canberra, um, the four lads, they've, they've been a great addition uh, to the squad. A couple of them were with us previously in Harry Lloyd and Isaac Fines. But, um, you know, Rayshan Pasatoa, Bailey Kunzel uh, and Reese Tarpanay, the outside back. They're just young guys that um, play with so much confidence um, and are very um, confident in their own space to, um, you know, to suggest things within the group and um, have really good, honest and open discussions. And it's, it's great to see. Speaking of leadership, a new captain this year with Filetti. How's he enjoying that role? Yeah, look, I think it's been a bit of a whirlwind for him. It's only been a couple of weeks and obviously at this time of the, the season, there's a lot that goes on, um, you know, for the captain uh, leading into round one. So, uh, he, look, he's been great. Uh, he's, he's throwing new ideas, um, you know, at us coaches and obviously the players and um, culturally he's got some fantastic ideas with what he wants to instill and uh, he's got fresh ideas and he, look, it's, it's a good little story itself with Folletti and coming over in 2018 as a as a hooker and not really on the radar anywhere. And within uh, three seasons, he, he's capped as a Wallaby. So he's he's um, improving year to year and we can't wait to see what he brings this year. And you mentioned the new coaching staff. How's it been working with, with the new staff? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So uh, Paul Tito um, and Mark Ozic have been superb. Um like I said before, just fresh ideas, uh, you know, new sets of eyes, and they brought some, um, you know, some subtle changes to our attack and, and um, how we want to play through the forwards, so different attack frameworks, um, and it's been great. It's been great for myself as well and uh, Nick Hensley, the defence coach, um, and they've had a great impact straight away. Because is it is it difficult for for you as as the head coach? You get a new group of players come in, you get new coaching staff with new ideas. Is it hard for you to create harmony and that blend with, with these new influences coming in? Yeah, I think, um, you know, initially, and just because of the um, the need for speed for these guys coming in on December the 1st, when the coaches start uh, started with us, the need for speed to get their uh, their content through was, uh, was really important how we manage that. Um, so I sat back and just let them... Uh, get in and get their job done and get what they wanted to get across 
in that December period, which was only four and a half weeks and a really important period, um, you know, in a preseason block. And so I just sat back and, um, you know, that I did that in the best way possible, just how I managed that uh, with new coaches uh, and new players. But, um, yeah, looking back on it, I think it worked really well. And um, yeah, the players responded exceptionally well. Uh, it was a really impressive block. And, uh, and then we transferred into the new year, post-Christmas, and um, before we knew it, um, we are into our trial games. And you've had a bit of a disrupted pre-season with some of those trial games. Are you ready for Sunday? Yeah, I only, only mentioned to someone today after our training session that um, you, know, you think back, I think uh, I said to the guys, it's it's 109 days ago since uh, we started on November the 1st. That you, we wouldn't change too much. Um, oh, I think it's been a really um, balanced um, lead-in to, to where we are now. Um, we, we had to manage a few guys differently. Uh, that, that November, December period, when we reviewed that, we had, we had only 72% of our, our full squad um, out training uh, over different weeks. So we still had a fair chunk of guys unavailable to us, whether it was international um, representation where the guys were away or guys in rehab or guys couldn't get over to us from the East Coast um, you know, due, due to the uh, border restrictions. So, look, it was challenging, but, um, yeah, we're, we're really comfortable with where we're at. So I've got one more question, then I'll let the guys jump in. So the big news story is uh, Rashan Pasatoa starting at 10. The team was announced. A local junior first spotted in the WA under-16s back in 2016. So he's obviously impressed you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good good young fella. Um, oh, I think, uh, you know, leaving WA at that age, I, I think I picked up on Nudgee College from memory. Um, had, had a really good few years there at Schoolboy Rugby. Um, made the Australian uh, pathway teams, being the schoolboys, and the um, and then was selected in the twenties. But um, I don't think he got to play there in a World Cup. But coming out of the Brumbies, um, it was an easy conversation uh, to get him back home to, to WA, and uh, he's an impressive young man. And we, we've thrown a lot at him uh, last couple of months. Jakey McIntyre, unfortunately, was out injured for a period through preseason, so there was a lot. Um, there was a lot thrown at at Ray and, um, you know, even in team meetings, hosting meetings, uh, just to get his confidence up. But also um, we just kept peppering around uh, uh, information, um, you know, to get his knowledge up to speed as well as well. We just kept peppering with it and uh, he tried really well and he hasn't missed a training session since he arrived. So it's, uh, you know, I think it's important to show faith in him uh, for round one. Um and select him. Uh, Jakey McIntyre, obviously, uh, coming off the bench, is an experienced guy um, who will offer a plenty coming off the bench for us. I think it's a great yes. opportunity for him. Sorry, with Rajan as well. Like that, it's it's a little blessing in disguise, I guess, with that the game being moved from here back over to the East Coast because you know Canberra Stadium, everything about that stadium is familiar to him. The guys he's playing against, he's been training against them, he's knocked them around. He's competed with them you know for over a year already so there's going to be absolutely no fear from him going out there on the weekend and being able to roll up the sleeves and get straight into it there'll be no hesitancy like he knows the field he knows everything about his opposition so it's a great opportunity for him to to get out to his uh get out to a good start and get us all out to a good start yeah you bang on Tess and um yeah it's uh he's uh he just oozes confidence and um 
you know, he's, when, when he makes an error at training or misses a call or something, he gets that little Damien McKenzie smirk um, and gets on, you know, gets on to the job or the next job. So, uh, yeah, he's impressive, mate. And you're right. And he's, he's familiar territory down there. Um, I'm sure he'll cop a little bit of heat early on. But, um, you know, he's, he's got some good guys around him in, in Ian Pryor. Um, you know, Bailey Kunzu at 12, who he's obviously trained and played a lot with. Um, and the rest of the backs, Kyle, uh, Manasa and Tony, there's a lot of experience there to help him out. And Sambo, with uh, that pre-season preparation, I think it's been a really good balance. Uh, he started off with the Perth Gold hit out against the, the local club players, which is obviously a, a good way of integrating the club players into the, the formats. And the, the Queensland Reds hit out was obviously a good one. And then You've been hosted by your love club over there in Brizzy at Tigerland for the last couple of weeks, I see. So um, a good balanced sort of mix of uh, opportunities there leading into what I think you've probably picked your, a full-strength force lineup for the available players. Um, that's obviously a, a good good preparation. And how valuable was that hit out against the Perth Gold outfit and the preparation you've done in the Queensland trial and at East? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right, Mitch. And um, I think that if you, we take it back a week prior to that Perth goal game, we went up to Wanneroo Rugby Club there and uh, had a, a bit of an internal game there and, and training session, which was um, fantastic to get out to Wanneroo. And then that, that Perth goal game, and I take my hat off to them and and the um, the staff, the WA rugby staff, um, because we cancelled that Fiji and Drua uh, game, uh, due to wanting to stay with our, our families and whatnot and stay over in Perth for that extra week, knowing what was coming um, and in, in having to stay over here longer. We went uh, went to um, WA Rugby pretty quickly to see what they could uh, come up with and they were outstanding, mate. And um, to, to train three nights together that week and then play how they did um, against that uh, against us that, that weekend was outstanding and uh you know, I take my hat off to them, and the coaches did a really good job. And there's some great talent, um, you know, that were was within that Perth Gold team. And uh, we did have a few guys uh, training with us prior to Christmas, um, you know, to to top our squad up. Like I said, we we're down on players through that period, and and we had guys there sacrifice work, you know, to come in full time with us um, to train with us, uh, which is outstanding, and and we certainly appreciated. Um, you know, their commitment uh, to us. And and they've talked about that club pool of players during the tournament this year, Tim. Is is that is that something you've looked at at the moment? Are you a fan of that structure, that having that club pool of players on standby should you have players drop through either injury or COVID? Yeah, I think it's important, Mitch, uh, absolutely. And, and especially in those specialist positions. Um, I mean, there's, there's guys... Um, if we got into a bit of strife with COVID uh, that were involved in that Perth goal game or, or had trained with us previously that we'd, we'd call upon and be comfortable with. But certainly in those specialist positions, I think it's important. Um, and we don't want to get to a stage, I don't think, where um, you know, a club has to start a game with uncontested scrums. I think that popped up in the media last week. Yeah, um, that. No, no. So, he he will have a heart attack if he sees uncontested scrums in a game. Man, I'm go, I'm going to go for a run if they need to pull the front rows. <laughs> <laughs> and and what about the forwards, mate? I, I reckon your forward pack have been looking really good. I mean, I know it's only trials, but when you when you look at your eight versus the Brumbies eight, there's not much between them. 
Um, are, you, are, you, are you seeing that as a real strength for the force this year? I think your set piece across the trial, trials in particular has been really strong and really well executed at scrum time and line-out time. Is that, is that through just those little additions through Isaac Rodder and just having a real stable sort of uh, set-piece group there now after the additions of Tom Robinson and, and Medrano and those sort of guys from previous years? You now seem to have a stable eight. You bring in Isaac Rodder, and now if, when you look at it on paper, you're as good as the eight you're going to play on Sunday. Yeah, truly, truly believe that, Mitch. Um, you're right. We've got international experience there across the front row. Um, you know, I think Medrano now has played... 40-odd caps for Argentina, which is, uh, which is massive. And I only realised that last week. I think someone mentioned it to me. Um, Folletti obviously debuting last year. Uh, Tom Robinson at Lucid, fantastic. Uh, you mentioned Isaac Rodder, uh, great addition. Um, you know, Jeremy Thrush still to come back. So there, there's a tight five there with a lot of international experience, uh, which we'll certainly tap into. And then uh, I think when we get out to the back row, there's, there's a lot of youth coming through. Um, probably aside from Kane Kateka, <laughs> but uh, Brin- think- Brinard's not getting short in the uh, tooth, mate. He's he's getting a bit <laughs> aged, the old bull, yeah, yeah, old mate. Bull. He, uh, like full credit to him, like he, he probably w- would have felt this, and uh, maybe a month ago, um, you know, he probably would have wouldn't have thought he would have been in the match day squad, um, in fairness, uh, just with how we were training. But uh, the last couple of weeks, he, he's been outstanding and. Uh, we've shuffled him around a fair bit in that six, seven, and eight position throughout preseason. Um, and just the focus for us this week against this pack is to be, you know, pretty physical. And, and Brynard, um gives it his all. Uh, he doesn't mind the collision areas. Um, uh, Jackson Pugh had a really good preseason. We were, we were seriously looking at him for a while in that eight jersey, uh, and he's still going really well. Uh, Timmy Anstey gets a jump on him there, and then. Um, yeah, that seven jersey was a really good fight out between uh, Kateka and Ollie Callan. And uh, we're, we're expecting Ollie to play a lot of minutes for us this year. But um, yeah, just around that, that physicality again this weekend is going to be crucial. And um, it's a good balance, I think. And you mentioned Ian Pryor starting at nine. There, there are lots of armchair coaches around that debated that one. Was that a, was that a tough one? Yeah, it, it was, mate. And probably just like I mentioned with Brian Art, he's... Ian's had a really good preseason and, and trialed really well. Um, so I think what's important to us there is uh, starting the game with someone who's experienced and um, you know, it's important, I think, to have someone like him around, Pasatoa, uh, and to be able to control that game early on. The, the zero or the first 20 minutes is going to be really important to us. And I think having Ian out there is, um, you know, will we'll hopefully pay dividend there. And uh, Finesy, um, yeah, I'm sure will be a handful coming on in that second half um, against the Tyrant defence. Um, he's been training really well and looks, looks extremely fit and strong. And what are you expecting from the Brumbies? Yeah, it's a funny one with, uh, with them, Mick. They, um, they trialled against uh, the Waratahs, I think, in Barrel, and it was a real, real wet trial game. So we didn't take too much out of that. Um, and then they had an internal trial, and that's it. That's been their prep. Yeah, okay. um, so we haven't had, haven't been able to have too much of a look at them. But look, they'll fall back on um, you know what they've been uh, really strong at the last three to five years. Um, dominant set piece. They, they love their structured footy. Um, yeah, the, the physicality, the breakdowns, um, something we have to 
um, be aware of and um, you know, be, be prepared to beat them in that space. And just uh, as I touched on before, we've gone that way with our selections to try and combat that. Um, I think they'll play, um, they'll kick a lot off their nine, off Nick White, um, and play that, uh, that territory-focused game and try and pin us in our half. And so, Tessman, you're looking forward to seeing lots of those rolling balls, are you? To try off the, off the line out? Well, of course. Why wouldn't I be? I'm, I'm more looking forward to seeing how Lola CEO starts here as well. I'm, I'm talking about tens here. I think it's going to be a great battle between the two young tens there as well. Um, you know, to see it's it's the the challenge for both teams. They've both got you know the old the old bullet nine, which will help guide the ship, and the young, exciting um, playmaker who's going to really throw the ball around and chance his arm. So, I think that's going to be the, the deciding factor, or, or a big part to the deciding factor, because both of those packs, like you mentioned, Nick, are, are strong. They're both pretty formidable, and they're both going to go at it hell for leather, and that'll be a good arm wrestle. But then it'll be who can use the ball that their forwards give them the best, which will um, which will go a long way to seeing who will win that game. And what's the weather forecast, Tim? Is it going to be a typical minus two in, in Canberra? <laughs> or is it going to be hot? February, Mick. February. Yeah, it's, well, it's Canberra. 20s, sunshine, Sunday afternoon. It's 47 Sunday. degrees, doesn't it? <laughs> Sunday afternoon, footy, two, two o'clock kickoff or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 11 o'clock over here, yeah. Have you seen a forecast? Seven then. Yeah, I've, I've had a bit of a bow peep there, mate. I think it's uh, a top of 27, sun's out, perfect conditions. Two o'clock on Sunday. Uh, that'd be nice. And and look, and the big news is round three, the Reds game here at home. Um, you're obviously looking forward to that. H- how does that work? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get through Canberra. And then, um, so we're in Brisbane at the moment. We go to Canberra, uh, play down there. Uh, and then we bump down, we fly back to Century Cove and have the week there to prepare for the Melbourne Rebels game in Melbourne. And then uh, we're, we're hoping after that game that we can fly back to Perth and, uh, and hopefully um, train in a bubble, if you like, for that week. We won't be able to oh, stay okay. home. So you come, you come back for the full week? Well, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's what we're, we're hoping for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd say we'd, we wouldn't be able to stay at home. Um, uh, so train in a bubble um, and obviously play that game against the Reds. And then we don't know beyond that. that that's... Uh, that's what we're aiming for. Um, so it's, that, that's one option. The other option is to stay at Century Cove and then fly in two days prior to the game and, and that fly-in, fly-out model. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. Good one. Um, gentlemen, any other questions for Tim before we let him go? No, probably only one I've got for Tim is is just the, the, the try-scoring ability of the team this year. Do you think that's improved in a couple of areas? You know, obviously, Tony Pulu looked good in the trials. You've got Mattielli out there. Jake Strawn looked in good touch in the preseason. Probably if I had any criticism the last year, Tim, it was that ability to score tries from, uh, you know, 40 metres out plus and be able to break the line and then finish off. Do you think you've improved a little bit in that area? Yeah, it was something we reviewed, Mitch, uh, certainly. And um, I think... Uh, yeah, we weren't great last year. Was capitalising on those twenty-two metre entries as well. So we, we have addressed that. And uh, Mark Ozich, um, you know, the new attack coach, has brought in some really good ideas there. So, mate, it was it was an area that we needed improvement on. And um, uh, I think our our kick return as well. We we've we had to put a bit of work on as uh, work into as well. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. yeah, mate, we addressed that. And That's good. 
uh, as you said, uh, a bit of strike power out there with Pulu, Mareli, uh is important, you know, to have those guys in those channels where you need to finish is, is bloody important, yeah. Yeah, because there were so many games last year where you kept in touch with the opposition and it was just that that extra one or two tries would have been a real big point of difference and just being able to capitalise on any sort of line breaks there because you've got guys that can really bend the line and break the line in that forward pack there and just being able to have that finishing power, I think, is a big difference between making semifinals or playoffs and, and winning the thing. And when you look at the Brumbies back line, you know, you know, uh, Simone and Ikatao in the midfield there, they're real attacking weapons, they're good players, they've got some international experience under their the belts now, they've got some fa- fast feet out wide, but it's not that great. Like Muirhead and Wright and Banks are solid, but nothing yeah. fantastic. So I think if there's ever going to be a time where the force can get on the front foot against a team like the Brumbies, it's, it's round one. And, you know, you can really, in my view, establish yourselves as a real, you know, super rugby specific contender by putting on a good good show on Sunday afternoon, really, can't you? That was a mouthful, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, you're right. And we were a team last year that could, we, we retained possession well. Um, um, and our, our ruck uh, efficiency was really good. Line breaks, um, as you touched on, we, we need more and finishing those opportunities. Um, so, yeah, our gain line was okay, but it's just uh, those line breaks and hopefully individual players and um, a bit of a change up in our attack strategy uh, will bring uh, more line breaks, yeah. Yeah, great. And Tess, anything right. for Tim before we let him go? No, good luck. Well, good, good luck. Yeah, so Tim, well, it's great. Go it's well, great that's all. It's great to have rugby starting up again. Thanks to you and all the team for doing your bit to keep the competition alive. Uh, yeah, so good luck for this weekend. And thanks again for joining us on the Rugby Wrap. Uh, great to see you, fellas. Thanks thanks for having me. Go thanks on, very much. Go thanks win at cards. Yeah. Bit of Yuka, mate. Good luck. Oh, be a Yuka. Pick a good partner. <laughs> thanks, thanks Tim. Partner. Thanks, fellas. Cheers. See ya. So that was Tim Sampson, the number one ticket holder of the Rugby Wrap podcast and coach of the Western Force. And Tess, first game, how tough is it to step up after a long off-season and then into that intensity, that first Super Rugby game? No, I think, I think this, is the easiest, this is the easiest time to do it. Um, like you train at a good high-intensity level at, when, you're, when you're back at home with your club and your group and... And you're, you're running through the plays you want to run through, so there's not too much kind of hindering you. This is all about, you know, practicing it at 100%, making sure it's all running well and, and squeezing those little bits out of everything. And so you go into that first round, it's just full of eagerness. You know, you're not halfway through a grind of a year. You might be, you're going to be home in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and it's going to be a beautiful sunny day. It's 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 a great start to the season. This is the best. This is the best part of it. It's when you get six, seven, eight games in. You might have only won one or two of those. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's when it starts getting a bit tired. So, right now, everyone's on level pegging. Everyone's easy. You know, the Force have come off two really good trials. Had that really good win against the Reds, and then it wasn't advertised as much. But there was a follow up little match with the Force against the Reds A team while they were playing over while the Reds first team was playing in Roma. You know, so they've been able to to squeeze a few cobwebs out and and they're going to be right up for it. Like the Brumbies, as much as the Reds um, were on top last year, the Brumbies are, were really, the, they have been for a long time, the benchmark mm-hmm. for Aussie super rugby team. So to go out there and get a good dig at them in, in round one, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great start to a season. So round one is, or the, for the Western Force, their first game this Sunday against the Brumbies down in Canberra. So it's an, an 11 o'clock kickoff 
Perth time, so 2 o'clock, I believe, over on the East Coast. And the fourth team, it is Robertson, Kaitu, who the new captain, and Madrano in the front row, Fergus Lee Warner and Isaac Ryder in the second row, and the back row of Stander, Kane Koteka and Tim Anstey. As we mentioned, Ian Pryor at nine, Pasatoa at 10. Then you've got Manasa and Tony Pulu on the wings. Bailey Kunzel and Kyle Goblin in the centres and Jake Strawn at fullback and off the bench, Andrew Reddy, Harry Lloyd, Greg Holmes, Ryan McCauley, Ollie Callan, Isaac Fines, Jake McIntyre and Richard Kahui. And for the Brumbies, they're starting 15, James Slipper, uh, Falau Fainga, Alan Alatoa, Darcy Swain, Caden Neville, Rob Valentini, Rory Scott, Pete Samu, and then the backs, Nick White, Lower, Noel Alessio, Andy Muirhead, Irie Simone, Linnikatau, Tom Wright and Tom Banks. So, on, on paper, it's a, it's a pretty even, like the pack's pretty even and, and the back line as well. So, Tess, can we dominate that pack? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a pretty close game like I, like we talked about before. As much as, you know, I really like the way we, we spoke about the internationals in the force pack, but the way that they've brought guys up, like Fergus Lee Warner's been brought through, like he's a, he's a world-class, whether he's a six or a second role right now. Um, and then the competition between those other younger sevens with with Kane and Ollie, look, like that's just going to benefit the, the game going forward. Look, like Kane's still your current nation, Nathan Sharp, medal winner. So he's, he's a judge of the best and fairest from last year too. So as much as we were touching on all those guys with international experience, that next level of, of players that have really developed and come through for the force are, are the guys that will really help win it and convert it. That being said, that pack that the, that the Brumbies are wheeling out, I think seven of those eight all guys with international experience. It's pretty solid. One young seven on debut. <laughs> um, so and he's just going to be pre- like a little dog off the chain. <laughs> and it's been such a stable eight for them as well. Like that 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 eights, well, apart from the, the debutante, like seven of those guys, they're pretty much week in, week out. Yeah, they... They almost picked themselves and then, but then the way that the Brumbies always managed to to roll a few guys through, like with having Scotty C on the bench, he, he'll come in, he'll start games this year. Lockie Lonigan as well. He started, I think, half, at least half the games last year and, and, and got a tour out of it as well. Same with young Nick Frost on the bench. He can come in, but plays that role, the kind of like that Fergus does for us, being able to fill in at six, being able to fill in in the second row. So they've got some good depth through that bench that they've, they're yeah. building up as well. And Mitch, the, the back lines, are you concerned that the Western Force still don't have that strike power in the back line that you're talking about? Yeah, look, I think out wide, Mickey, they're, they're okay. I think there's enough out there, but it's just that, that midfield of Bailey Kunzel and Kyle. Kyle's, Kyle played some really good games last year, but he was pretty much on his own. But I still I still think Simone and Nikitao is going to have the edge over them in the midfield. And if um, Valentini and Samu can lay a good platform for the Brumbies and they're real danger runners and they can play with the ball as well, those blokes. Some, one of them always, you know, hangs out outside in that five-metre channel on the chalk there and one's always a damaging ball runner in the midfield and they sort of interchange in those roles. Um, their combination with those centres is is going to wear, be where if the force do go down, it'll be in that area. But the, if Kyle Go- Goblin plays the match of his life in this midfield and Bailey Kunzel can uh, be almost a second distributor there and and work with the ball and run off his forwards, and I think the force will go toe to toe with them. And it could it could be you just don't know with these early season games as well. It could be a penalty yeah. shootout for all we know. There could be a referee out in the middle wanting to stamp his authority on the Super Rugby competition for the year and blow a crap load of penalties for all we know. We don't know how it's going to go out. So so I think uh, look, I, I would say home ground round one on a Sunday afternoon, Brumbies are got to be the favourite. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the force cause an upset and everyone turns their heads and go, wow, this could be this year. Yeah, I, I think I think you've touched on it there with that, the, um, you know, that, that match-changing, line-breaking ability. I know we talk about the backs a lot, but I think that's probably where the Brumbies have the little bit of an edge over us as well. Like that pack that we've got there for the force is a bunch of guys that you would love to have in the trenches with you and you love to go out there into a slog fest with them. But having that that Samu, you know, that 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 guy that can just really break open a game and, and beat a man one-on-one with his feet, with his hands, or, or physically as well. Having And the Brumbies have got a couple of those guys that can really kind of bend a line. Uh, I think that's probably where they'll, they'll get the upper hand a little bit. And it's nice to see Mitch Hardy's already bagging the referees and they haven't even blown a whistle yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not a P has been blown in a whistle anywhere yet. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the game the game I don't want to be watching on the weekend, Mick, is that Reds-Rebels game because the Reds have been woeful in the trial matches and the Rebels haven't had a trial for all I know. So, geez, I wouldn't they want to be down in the middle to the, of um, They went down to the Drua last weekend. Oh, they did have they a Rebels. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm so not, look, I'm not confident on that one. And they went, so they look, went yeah. before Chrissy as well. They went nice and early. Right, I'm, Sorry, getting, ahead of, I'm getting ahead of things, Mick. Sorry. No, so I was just looking at, at the games <laughs> that are coming up. So already um, the Blues and Moana Pacifica, that game's been postponed because of COVID. So uh, Pacifica, unfortunately, won't make their debut. So that's, I don't know when that'll be played. Uh, Friday, Waratahs against the Drua at Combank Stadium in Sydney. Now, the Waratahs signing in the off-season of the ex-Welsh line, Jamie Roberts. I I, I thought that was a strange move. I think he's 35. People are saying, oh, it's great because he's experienced. But surely the Waratahs shouldn't be in a situation where they need to be signing a 35-year-old from overseas to bring experience into their setup. Am I no, right or weird. am I wrong? No, that's weird. I, 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 I forgave the go. force when they brought it to the Irish bloke um, the other year. I, get, I forgave them for that because they probably needed him. But Yeah, different setup. Waratahs. We haven't been around for more than 100 years. They did come last, though, so they probably needed to do something. Yes. Maybe they maybe they signed that bloke before Darren Coleman signed on the dotted line as coach. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He's only, he's, only, he's been a really fresh ad. They had a spot. I think I think <laughs> this is this is Jamie Roberts just wanting a sea change. Mate, you guys have got a spot. Hey, I'll come. I'll mentor you. Get a British and Irish line. I'll probably come. I'm not, I'm going to come for a lot less than you'll spend anywhere else. I just want to go spend a bit of time down in Bondi, help out the team. He has a, he's a he's a doctor and everything else like that he's done his mba he doesn't want to retire yet he just wants to just you know it's a lifestyle change he's just been over to, he's been over to south africa spent his time there <laughs> i think he was with stormers stormers so so he's just having a like wales let's go to new south wales here we go yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you what and you well i don't i don't know i'm if you welcome a guy like that with a young squad I know, yeah, but they've got okay. they've got a young squad. They've got a young squad, but how do they get themselves in I mean. that situation where they've got a young squad? Like oh, who's well, who's managing? The development's been shithouse there. For yeah, like okay. four or five years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Mick. If there's if there's one thing, Darren Coleman wins stuff. He he yep. puts good teams together and he wins titles. Yeah, uh, and he's proven it time and time again at club rugby overseas, wherever he goes, he's got that edge, and. The Waratahs, and I know you can't judge by trial form, but the Waratah outfit that's been running around the last two weeks is a completely different outfit than what we saw last year. Yeah, completely okay. Completely different. Okay. So I'll be well, and and do you reckon he's under a lot of pressure, or will they give him time to settle in, or he's mate? There's only upside when you come last. Yeah, that's before. true. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to take over. And I see you brought in um, 
Phil Walker. Well, there are there are more teams in the comp this year, so <laughs> they can actually finish. They can finish Further lower down. down the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they brought in they brought in Phil Water to speak to the team on Tuesday morning, apparently. So um, wait and see if, how that all works out. So that game's on Friday. On Saturday, the Chiefs up against the Highlanders over in Queenstown. Uh, the Crusaders against the Hurricanes in Dunedin, and then on Saturday, the Reds against the Rebels, as you mentioned, at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. So. All, and all the all the uh, New Zealand teams all in a, a bubble, or I don't know if it's a bubble, but they're all in Queenstown to try and uh, negate any breakouts of COVID. So the only bubbles they've got in Queensland, Queenstown, are in those hot spas that they'll be sitting <laughs> yeah, in. Exactly, <laughs> no real place to be in a bubble. I was going to oh, say, do you guys want to be in a bubble in Queenstown? All <laughs> no, well, the yeah, force okay, boys yeah, are okay. putting their hand up for a bubble <laughs> yeah. in Queenstown we, as well. It's all go. How do we uh, get the rugby wrap in a bubble in Queenstown? Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> wrap me up. <laughs> Um, so then to the mailbag, that's, that's back again this year. So unless there's anything else you, you, you want to talk about over the weekend? Well, I, I've been really disappointed in the, in the Reds makeup in the preseason. Like, like their two trial matches were their forward pack was rubbish, like really, really bad. And I don't know whether they're just holding back or they just didn't get the combinations right. And, and obviously on paper leading into the game against the Rebels on paper, they look terrific they've got all their stars in there and it's it all looks like it's the the team that finished the season is going to start the season but as the super rugby australia champions uh going into this season i think they look underdone wow. and if something happens to tanella tupu or one of those key players up front they could be struggling big time because they barely won a scrum without him on the field and their set piece was really untidy and I've got to say, uh, without O'Connor and McDermott on the field, their depth was also very, 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 very much tested. And the Rebels, you know, they'll just go about their business. That could be that could be an interesting game on the weekend, Mickey, that Reds-Rebels game. Do you think the Rebels... Game. So, so uh, are you saying the Rebels is your pick? Yeah, I'm picking them round one. Wow. It's Test? bizarre, but it's bizarre, but, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be out there a little bit. No, no, this is, this is Brad Thorne just doing the classic Crusaders start the season slow and peak when you need to be peaking. Like for the we, I know we spoke about that force trial game. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a forward that started that force game for the Reds that's starting for them this weekend. Maybe Harry Wilson. I think he's probably the only one out of that whole starting eight. Um, so I think, you know, they're, they're going to build quietly. Those guys, as much like we talk about Tanyelle, yeah, he's a key. He is a big key part of them, but they lose him. They're, they're in a lot of trouble, especially at set piece. But um, I think they're going to manage a lot of those guys pretty well. And and like we like I was just saying, like Tanyel is someone who already has got four or five seasons of Super Rugby under his belt, so yeah. he's the right, you know, coming in having a bit of a lesser preseason after having a, a big Wallaby off season or a big season with the Wallabies leading in. So I think there's plenty of experience in that pack. Angus Scott Young's come back from I think he was with uh, Southland or one of the end ITM Cup teams. He was playing over there. He was That's one right. of their he best and fairest. Yep. Um, before their season got cut short. So guys that you know haven't been here and haven't have still been playing and training at a, at a pretty high level, and they're all experienced guys. Like talking about Angus Scott Young, like he's over 50 caps. Liam Wright's over 50 caps. Like they're all they're all these pretty good, strong, solid guys who are going to come in. They've got plenty of experience, and I think they're going to know what to do to win. Um, as excited as I am about the Melbourne Rebels as well. I just I think that uh, I don't think that they just don't have enough depth and they'll they'll come out swinging and they'll they'll surprise some people but I think it's probably going to be a tough season for them with a few once a few injuries set in. 
Well, Hunter Balsami on the bench too for the Reds this weekend with Fraser McWright. That was that was a couple of interesting selections for the Reds too, Mickey. So uh, yeah, so Hunter starting on the bench round one. Interesting. So now we go to the mailbag and oh, some, the mailbag so, overflowing. <laughs> some new law variations have been brought in for Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, the red carded player can now be replaced after 20 minutes. That's been adopted. And they're bringing in golden points. So if the teams are even at full time during the main home and away part of the season, I'll have a five-minute break, then 10 minutes where the first points win, whether it's a penalty goal, a field goal, a try, or a penalty try. And then if it's still even after that 10 minutes, it's going to be declared a draw. So do you like the golden point? Isn't that just another rugby league thing? Like the yes. dropouts, like the goal line dropouts? Yep. And have we still got 40-20s as well, or whatever they were called? I'm not sure. Probably do. This is just these yep. are the new ones that they've thrown. The but ones. I, I like yeah. Golden Point. I think Golden Point's great. It's just whether it whether it should have been the first try as opposed to the first point. Point. Yeah. First but try. Yeah. Just to make it a bit more, because otherwise you think there'll be people trying to give a did, penalty. Didn't or, they didn't, we, didn't they trial that last at last year or the year before where we ended up with a kicking fest where they were playing aerial ping pong back did. and forward. In a game until yeah. someone gave away a penalty and kicked the goal. Yeah. So that was a Rebels game from That's right. That wasn't mm-hmm. very entertaining. So yep. whether that's going to happen again, I don't know. But um, I, I've got an alternative. Yes. We have we have Golden Mall instead. So <laughs> one team sets up five metres from the other team's try line. Yep. And you set up yeah, you line out in your mall. If you score, yeah. that's okay. Yep. Then the other team chance nice. yep. to do the opposite way. Best and if five. they score, then we just go back again. Yeah. And we keep going back and forth till someone gets, that'd gets be, a mall try. That'd be awesome. What the people want. That'd be, <laughs> that'd, there'd, be, there'd be people just turning up at the 79th minute just hoping it's a draw. Then they'll yeah. flock through the gates or, just to watch well, that. Well, if we, if we want to inv- involve the backs, we go back to the good old, you have a two-minute drill. One team is just defending for two minutes. <laughs> the other team is attacking for two minutes. Yep. Let them see how many points they can score. Then we flip it on its head the other way. I like yep. that. Nice. Full of, full of good ideas tonight, Tess. That'd be very good. And another thing that, that <laughs> came said, out... My mailbag's been overflowing as well. <laughs> During the week, it was announced that uh, Rugby Australia and the Rugby Union Players Association, they've agreed to terms for a, a one-year extension of uh, this amended collective bargaining agreement. And so the Wallabies with topped-up contracts, they used to get 10 grand a test and now players without top-ups were getting 12 grand. But now... They'll get seven and a half grand for the win and five grand for a loss. So that's the first time there's been a difference between the win and the loss. Now, Justin Harris and the Rupert boss has come out to say that it's purely a financial decision. It's a one-off for this season. But a lot of people are thinking that that's the way it should be. Should it be more for the win, less for the loss? Always, Mickey. It should be incentivised. There's plenty of money going around. Incentivise those matches as much as you can. But I do note there was there was a lot of upside for the ladies in that uh, yeah. collective bargaining room as well. So there was a lot of uh, new things being brought in there to um, to give them a fair slice of the pie, which is yeah, great they, to see. They get they'll now get two hundred dollars a day or fourteen hundred dollars a week while they're in camp, and I believe there's about eighty two work days that have to miss this year because there's a uh, hopefully the, the World Cup. So it's it's about nullifying that loss of income for the women. So it's it's a good starting point. Still a long way. They're still a long way behind the men. Um, but Tess, your thoughts on the, the win-loss money? Should it be the same regardless of the result? Or do you like the idea of more for the win? Uh, look, 
I'm a, I'm a bit different. I think it should be the same either way. It's not like you train any harder or any less or you're away any longer. And if guys are going to be playing harder because they think that, that extra bit of money, like they should, probably shouldn't be wearing a gold jersey anyway if it comes down to that in my view. Like, it's a bonus though, Tess. It's playing a bonus harder because you want that little bit of a bonus. They're all on hundreds of thousands of dollars anyway. So what, is, what does it matter? It's a two and a half grand difference for one week of pay. Like, well then, it's like a bonus. Well, then just just pay them seven and a half grand for each test. Five, we, give them five. If then. we go down there, if they're worried about the financial side of it, oh, they should do it for free, shouldn't they? Because <laughs> what, what happens down at Netties? Do you guys get more for a win? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, a, um, I get two spates. If we, if we get, I get two spates and I'm allowed to have butter on my roll, but if we don't win, there's no butter on the roll and I've got to have Corona. <laughs> and I also see that they're paying uh, bonuses of around 12 grand per player if they win the Bledisloe and 12 grand if they win the Rugby Championship, whereas previously bonuses were only paid for uh, World Cup victories. So um, so a little bit a little bit more yeah, incentive, I suppose, being thrown around. But yeah, I, I don't oh, think that they're... Giving them an opportunity to get that extra money back then. That they're up some more coin, lose, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, another thing was tries for Tonga. So each try scored during the first 10 rounds, will, uh, $500 will be donated to help the Tongans affected by the tsunami. So that's Rugby Australia, uh, New Zealand Rugby, Stansport, Nine and Sky all doing that, which I think is a nice thing for rugby to do. Yeah, and the, the rugby community's really got behind the Tongan community. Um, there's been a lot of ac- activation around that. So it's, it's great to see that as a collective, everyone's pitching in and there's an opportunity there to raise much-needed funds for them because obviously the, the devastation across the communities there is, is pretty harsh. And obviously they, they play a big role in so many ways across the, you know, a, a number of rugby communities all across the world as well. And hopefully it'll encourage some more tries to be scored. I mean, and then without pumping up, without pumping up Queensland too much. Good to see the uh, the Reds doing something. They're doing. They've got their vintage Reds team playing a Tongan International 15 before the uh, game on the weekend. So oh, all guys good. like James Hall, Nathan Sharp, Scott Higginbotham all turning out to um, to play a bit of rugby against. I don't know why you're putting your hand up to play against a group of Tongan boys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, ridiculous. Like ridiculous. Samo Dan Leo and George Smith. Yeah. I'll be offloading pretty quickly if I saw a Dicky or someone like that in front of me or coming to my channel. <laughs> I, I wonder but how yeah, many they're carbs, be raising money as well. I wonder how many carb injuries will oh. come out of that game. Some yeah, a lot of hammy. There'll be so much deep heat and yeah. And then the junior wallabies are assembling in Canberra on the 20th of February, so they'll base them there until the 1st of March as they prepare for the annual Under 20s Championship that takes place in July. And there were seven. Force Fortescue Academy players name. So that's Siasifa uh, Amone, Luke Callan, Jai Leg, George Pullman, Andrew Romano, Connor Sevi, Ned Slacksmith, and a guy, Justin Landman, has been named as a shadow. Now, most of those names are new to me. Mitch, do you know much of their background? Many of those guys local kids or are they guys that have, that have been brought across? A uh, combination of the two, I would say, Mickey. Uh, there's a couple there that played a fair bit of first grade last last year. There's a young Calamunda laddie there. He's uh, very handy. He's a local kid. Uh, I think his name's, I think that's Leg. Uh, Amone is, uh, that was his first season WA, I think, last year. Uh, Luke Callan, for me, is probably the pick of them. 
Um, Ollie Callan's little little big oh, yep. brother. Yep. He's a big unit. He can play. He's uh, got a big frame. He reminds me like he's got a sort of a game like a Fergus Lee Warner. Yep. Um, so I think he's got a really bright future out of that batch. I'm not familiar with too many of the others in that in that list of seven, um, but that's okay. We'll we'll catch up on their progress across the year and hopefully see them playing a bit of first grade out in the in the community comp this year. Yeah, and it's just great to have seven seven players. So guys know that if they if they're playing rugby here or if they do come across here, that they're they they'll be on the on the radar. They're not they're not going into a, a rugby wilderness. You can actually come across here and, yeah. and make these squads, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys have got an opportunity to progress in that squad. It's a pretty big, pretty big squad at the moment. And um, obviously there'll be a few that will miss out along the way. But just to be able to have that opportunity to progress into that squad based camp scenario this time of year is is good for them and it you know there's there's a whole heap of systems and processes in place um here in wa now where young blokes who can come into the system and and get good coaching it's good facility it's good lifestyle and obviously the um the primary grade comp's got to provide that vehicle for them to showcase their rugby as well and then finally the rugby wrap world cup tour for 2023, 18 nights, five matches, two Wallaby games. Uh, it's all the details are on Gulliver's Rugby World Cup 2023.com.au and it's 201C. And Mitch, you can probably say it better than me. It's Des Alps, uh, La Atlantic Escort Tour. And it's 1C. So 201C is the one you want to jump on. The games, Argentina, Samoa, Australia, Wales, New Zealand, Italy, Australia against a final qualifier and Ireland, Scotland. It departs on the 20th of September and the 10th of October. That is an escorted tour, escorted by none other than Mitch Hardy, Heath Tessman and myself, the Rugby Wrap Tour. So Tour 1C, all the details on Gulliver's Rugby World Cup 2023.com.au and what a trip that'll be. Absolutely, Mick. It's going to be fantastic. There's uh, going from the bottom of France all the way to the top. Uh, some really good fixtures in amongst that. So check out the itinerary. Um, go to some fantastic places and we won't sleep for three weeks. Yep, that's right. And we'll be, we'll be mentioning that probably every week. So uh, you won't you won't forget that one. But look, that'll, that'll basically do us uh, as for the lead up to round one. It's great to be back. Uh, great to have rugby back. Just a reminder, any feedback or suggestions, Facebook, The Rugby Wrap, or Twitter at rugby underscore rap. So, Mitch, uh, thanks. Good to see you. Yeah, no, it's good to be back, Mitch. We'll get uh, we'll get some guest lines up. There's there's plenty of things happening around the place. So, yeah, it's uh, shout out to Ross Campbell, who's doing our Major League Rugby updates on The Rugby Wrap. There's Japanese rugby going on. You know, Quake Cooper's throwing gridiron passes one side of the field to the other on Instagram the other day over in Japan. Yeah, it was great to see. Um, very good timing considering Super Bowl was on this week. Uh, so he's obviously putting his hand up to take over Tom Brady's role at the uh, the Patriots. Maybe that could be something that happens in the future. Who knows? He hasn't been in the uh, Patriots for years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, you want to, I've been watching it on um, Amazon. Great show. Man in the Arena. Check it out. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's very good. And Tess, always good to see you. Uh, we've had a great off-season, boys, and ready to rip in again, hey? Full of enthusiasm. <laughs> and we'll look forward to catching up with you at our next, uh, at our next Rugby Wrap official meeting, our committee meeting. Yeah, but tell me about it before it starts. Yeah, right. I know, I thought Mitch had told you, and he thought I'd told you, so it was you know, all a bit of a mix-up. Oh, you know. That's, uh, that's yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks, fellas. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Wrap.